It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills Week 17 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Well, folks, we all know the Bills have a big one this week. The number one seed in the AFC playoffs is absolutely on the on the line as the Bills are on the road in Week 17 for a date with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to break them down here on today's podcast. The game will be played on Monday, January 2nd at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The game will be broadcasted on ESPN. Joe Buck on the play-by-play. Troy Aikman is your game analyst. This is going to be the 33rd all-time meeting between the Bengals and the Bills. The Bills have a 17-15 and record all-time against Cincinnati. The last time they met was back in September of 2019. The Bills won the game 21-17. to That day, Josh Allen was 23 of 36, 243 yards and a touchdown with one interception. Frank Gore was the Bills' leading rusher with 76 yards on 14 carries. Dawson Knox, the leading receiver, 67 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Phillips and Kevin Johnson recorded sacks, and Trey White had two interceptions against Andy Dalton, the Bengals' starting quarterback that day. The Bills enter this game, 12-3, and three, the number one seed in the AFC. The Bengals are 11-4. and four. Cincinnati started the season a little bit slow, 2-3, and three, and I think that really stemmed from Joe Burrow having a procedure very late in preseason that kept them sidelined for a while, kind of took them a moment to hit his stride, but uh, since that 2-3 and three start, they've went 9-1 and one over their last 10. They've won seven consecutive games, so Two of the hottest teams in the NFL facing each other on Monday night football. The Bengals' 11 wins. They have come against the Jets, Dolphins, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, and Patriots. The Bengals' three or four losses, excuse me, the Steelers and Cowboys. Uh, that was weeks one and two, and then they lost to the Ravens and the Browns. Head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals is Zach Taylor. 39 years old. He's in his fourth season with the Bengals and as an NFL head coach. Uh, his first NFL opportunity came back in 2012 uh, as the Dolphins quarterbacks coach. He held that job until 2015. In 2016, he was the offensive coordinator at the University of Cincinnati. 2017, he became the assistant wide receiver coach with the Rams. 2018, the Rams quarterbacks coach. 2019, the Bengals head coach. So, not a huge resume that earned him the opportunity to be the Bengals head coach, but obviously he's come in and had some success. He's 27-36-1 all-time as the Bengals head coach. Started pretty slow, 2-14 and 14 in 2019, 
four eleven and one in twenty twenty. Then last year they go ten and seven. They're your AFC champions and eleven and four so far this year. So the last couple of years have been very strong for Cincinnati. Zach Taylor has challenged thirty plays. He's won ten of them. So not a great challenge record for Zach Ta- Zach Taylor. Excuse me. The quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals is Joe Burrow, twenty six years old. Six foot four, 220 pounds, was the number one pick in the draft in 2020 out of LSU. Has started 41 games. The Bengals have a 23 17 and 1 record in those 41 starts, and he's having a great season. He's an MVP candidate, one of the top quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So far this year, he's completing 69% of his passes, 284 passing yards per game, 34 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a passer rating of 102.3. Now, let's dig into the metrics here. They're pretty interesting. Uh, These metrics will include all 37 quarterbacks this season that have 150 or more dropbacks. Joe Burrow's average time to throw is very, very fast, 2.48 seconds. That is the second fastest trigger in the NFL behind Tom Brady, who's at 2.3. So the ball comes out quick. Uh, 59% of the time, he gets it out in under 2.5 seconds, 31% over two and a half seconds. His splits are very good if he holds on to it or if he gets it out quick. His average depth of target is 7.4 yards. That's very low, 28th in the NFL. And he doesn't go deep very often. Only 8.2% of his attempts this season are 20 plus down the field. That's 35th in the NFL. When he throws the ball, down the field, 20-plus yards. He's completed 19 of 46 attempts for 666 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, and a passer rating of 119. That passer rating is outstanding. That's the fourth highest passer rating in the NFL on deep throws. They just don't do it very often. Play action, not a big part of what they do. Only 16.5% of dropbacks for Joe Burrow are play action. That's 35th, again, out of 37 in the NFL. His splits actually are better without play action, which is pretty unusual. His completion percentage comes down 10%, and his passer rating with play action is 23rd in the NFL. So just a really unique player in that he gets the ball out quick, he doesn't throw it deep, there's not a lot of play action. This is very much a traditional West Coast drop-back passing offense. Read it and rip it, right? That's what they're asking Joe Burrow to do. There's not play action. There's not deep shots. He doesn't hold on to the ball. This is a rhythm, West Coast passing offense. Uh, Screens, also not a big part of what they do. 7.3% of passes are screens. That's 27th in the NFL. Let's talk about his pressure splits. When Joe Burrow is kept clean, he kills you. 72.3 completion percentage, 7.8 yards per attempt, passer rating of 106.4. Now, he's still very good under pressure, one of the best quarterbacks in the league under pressure, but the numbers do come down. He's under pressure, uh, completion percentage of 54.7, 6.3 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 84.3 under pressure. In fact, that passer rating under pressure of 84.3 is fourth best in the entire NFL. But when you compare when he's kept clean to when he's under pressure, the completion percentage comes down 17.6%. He loses one and a half yards per attempt, and the passer rating drops 22 points. Real quick, his blitz splits. This is one of those quarterbacks that you don't blitz. He's got a passer rating of 110 against the blitz. He kills you. So 
very unique splits. There's nothing here that is crazy, right? Like usually I can go through these numbers and say, hey, if you do these things, it'll make him less effective. Well, this is such a pure, true drop back passing game, West Coast style, get the ball out quick, not very often down the field, not a lot of play action. They put a lot on Joe Burrow to just read it and rip it. And to his credit, he's very successful. He's got very good receivers. He's got a good tight end, a couple of good running backs. We'll talk about that in a moment. But he's very much just a guy that is a true dropback passer with accuracy. And um, it, it, he executes a high-octane passing offense uh, through that. So very, very unique um, in this day and age where there's so many different ways that these offenses are attacking defenses with their passing game. This is your legit West Coast passing offense, rhythm, timing, accuracy, and they uh, they do a good job. They get it down. They're a, they're a very productive passing offense. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's podcast, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You manage every strategic aspect of your team. You play through the season and lead your team to glory. You are responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft with all the ups and downs of a season and all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We actually have a league for the Locked On hosts, and we are having a blast. Get in on the action. In fact, Locked On Bills listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On, all capitals. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Let's talk a bit more about this Bengals offense that is coordinated by Brian Callahan, 38 years old. He's in his fourth season with the Bengals, and as an NFL offensive coordinator, he is the son of Bill Callahan, former Raiders head coach, uh, renowned as one of the best offensive line coaches in the history of the game, and his son is Brian Callahan, who is the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. He started his NFL coaching career in 2010 with the Broncos. Uh, He was an offensive assistant through 2015, 2016 through 2017, the Lions quarterbacks coach, 2018, the Raiders quarterbacks coach, 2019, he is the Bengals offensive coordinator, and of course, he still holds that job. So far in 2022, the Bengals offense is averaging 26 points per game. That's sixth in the NFL. They convert 47% of their third downs. That's very good. Fourth in the NFL. They score a touchdown 67% of the time they get in the red zone. That's sixth. They average 367 total yards per game. That's seventh in the league, 98 rushing yards per game, 26th in the NFL, 269 passing yards per game. That is fifth. So this is very much the opposite of the team the Bills played last week where the Bears, they could run the ball, but they couldn't throw it. This is a team that hasn't had much success running the football, but has a very prolific passing offense, and they're situationally very, very good when it comes to third downs and red zone. Let's talk about their personnel, their wide receivers. Everybody knows about this trio. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. That's as good of a top three as you're going to find in the NFL. They're all over 700 yards so far this season. 
Higgins is over 1,000 yards. Chase is 40 yards away from 1,000 yards. He's only played in 11 games. He's missed some time this year. And then, oh, by the way, they've got Trenton Irwin, who has been this player of late that has been gaining some opportunities and making plays. So they are four deep at wide receiver right now with three legitimate studs. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase, one of the most dynamic young receivers in the game, physical, powerful, unbelievably strong with the ball in his hands, can really win at the catch point. T. Higgins is a uh, big-bodied, length, wingspan, really outstanding in terms of contested situations. And then Tyler Boyd's kind of that cerebral, crafty slot guy that just knows how to get open and catch the football. So just an outstanding core of wide receivers to give an accurate quarterback like Joe Burrow. Uh, The Bills will have their hands full with those guys. At running back, they got a real good one there in Joe Mixon as their lead ball carrier. And then Samaje Pirine is a good backup as well. One thing that's very interesting about these running backs, they're, they're veterans, they're good players. Mixon, I think, is one of the better backs in the entire NFL and really catch it and run it, and he's creative and uh, has a lot of dynamic skill with his elusiveness to be able to make people miss and navigate tight, tight quarters. But these guys are catching a ton of passes this year, 97 receptions already to running backs. That's <clears throat> excuse me, the third most in the NFL, 97 receptions to running backs, third most in the entire NFL. And and that's going to Mixon and Pirine. They're catching the ball a ton, which I think has been a big evolution for this offense where as I studied Joe Burrow this summer and then, <clears throat> excuse me, they're in my pro, they're in my pro scouting responsibilities for the draft network. And so with all the big narratives about the pressure that Joe Burrow's faced, getting sacked a ton, right? That's been one of the storylines with the Bengals and Joe Burrow over the last couple of years. I thought the biggest thing that they've done outside of improving their offensive line personnel has been Joe Burrow being even more committed to throwing the ball to Mixon and Pirine when he's under pressure. And, and that's has been very successful for them. So they got a couple of good backs that are physical downhill players that have some athleticism and can catch the football. I will say, though, the, the rushing production really hasn't been there for them. They're 26th in rushing yards per game. They're 28th in rushing yards per carry. So a very underwhelming rushing attack for the Cincinnati Bengals. At tight end, they have Hayden Hurst, and he's having a really good year. It feels like he's kind of found himself in Cincinnati. Former first-round pick of the Bengals, uh, went over to the Falcons last year, and now he's with Cincinnati, and I feel like they have their tight end. Now he's an expiring contract. I'm fascinated to see what they do, but feels like he's really rounded out this weaponry around Joe Burrow, where you like the backs. Of course, you love the receivers. This is their tight end, right? They lost C.J. Uzoma to the Jets in free agency, but I think they've actually upgraded with Hayden Hurst and the volume and consistency that he's provided. Now, this offensive line, it is, it is a better group than it was last year, but I'm not sure that they have it completely solidified. Their left tackle is Jonah Williams, former first-round pick. I think he's having a bad year. I really do. He's given up 11 sacks this season. I've watched a lot of his games, and it feels like he's been really shaky for a lot of times this season. He's not having his best year. Cordell Volson is their left guard. Uh, he's a rookie out of North Dakota State. Um, I think he's been okay. Maybe he's exceeded ex- expectations as a small school rookie. Um, I think he can be an answer for them long term, but he's still kind of an up and down player and um, better run blocker, in my opinion, than he is pass blocker. Their center is Ted Karras. I spent a lot of time with the New England Patriots uh, and has proven to be an adequate starter in the NFL. I don't think he's a plus starter, but he's He's a passable starting center with a lot of experience. Their right guard is Alex Kappa, uh, was 
with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his rookie contract and has, you know, was a starter and moved over to Cincinnati this year in free agency. I think he's an adequate starting right guard. And then right tackle is going to be real interesting. Leal Collins, they paid um, in free agency to come over from the Dallas Cowboys. But Lyle Collins is hurt. He's out for the year. This is going to be their first game without him as a starter. And they're going to lean into Hakeem Edeniji to be their starting right tackle. And that is a matchup the Bills need to be able to take full advantage of. Uh, Adeniji has played a little bit for them in recent years, and he struggled. And he's the weak link here. And I think the Bills should be able to utilize Greg Rousseau to win some one-on-ones against Hakeem Adeniji at right tackle. So one of my keys for the Bills on defense against this very good Cincinnati Bengals offense. Number one, it's to rush for and muddy the first read for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a rhythm passer. Now, it doesn't mean he's not good under pressure and that he can't extend some plays and make throws, right? He can definitely do all that type of stuff, but he's just less effective. So I don't think you want to commit any extra rushers, right? You want to have as many players in coverage as possible. So you drop seven, rush four with a high level of consistency and try to really lean into your principles as a disguised defense to change the menu post-snap, right? Give him some pre-snap indicators and then change that on him. And so force him to work off of his first read. And he's he's a great progression-style passer, so don't get me wrong. This isn't like what I've talked about with guys like Tua or Zach Wilson in the past where it's like, man, if you get them to move off their first read, they're toast, right? That's not the case with Joe Burrow. But he's, it is a situation where you want to kind of move him and force him to hold the football, and then he becomes a less effective player when he has to deal with pressure like every quarterback. But we're talking about an elite, top-tier quarterback here. So it's it's very much a rush four, drop seven, be disciplined, disguise coverages, and force him to to move his eyes and and come off that first read because you just don't want this guy executing with rhythm against your offense because he is a precision passer that will dice you up. Number two is that the defensive line has to win. The defensive line has to win. This is where I look at these two teams and say, you know what? I think the Bills have the best opportunity to take advantage of a strength that they have and attack a, a spot that's it's passable, but it's still not a great offensive line. And we're talking about a unit now that doesn't have Lyle Collins at right tackle. And instead, it's a big downgrade to Hakeem Adeniji. And that's probably going to affect, you know, Alex Kappa at right guard as he now has to kind of be the bumper for that right tackle. So I, I think this defensive line has to win. The Bills, you know, Novon Miller, still a lot of talent like we've talked about. It's got to show up and affect Joe Burrow and, and not allow them to get any confidence running the ball against the Bills. So defensive line has to step up and win and control the action up front. And then number three is just get ready to compete at the catch point. Like I said, Joe Burrow, accurate passer, really outstanding wide receivers. And these receivers all have great ball skills. They're dominant players at the catch point. When you look at Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Hayden Hurster, tight end, and and Trent Irwin, they have a 55% win rate in contested situations. Joe Burrow is going to find leverage. He's going to throw it to these dudes and trust that they go make plays in the ball and they win more than they lose. I mean, Higgins, especially he's, he's almost like 70% in contested situations. He's phenomenal. The guy that's actually bringing that number down is Jamar chase. And we know that he's outstanding at the catch point. So this is a, are going to be a real test of your ability to play the ball in the air. And so I'm leaning, if I'm Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, I'm leaning into Trey white. I'm leaning into Kyer Elam to be able to, to compete with these guys and probably shy away from Dane Jackson, who's 
been very hit or miss when it comes to ball skills this season, but it's a big test. Big test for the Bills on defense. I think this is the game where if the Bills are really going to miss Von Miller, we're going to feel it more than ever this week. But we'll see who steps up. Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, A.J. Epinesa. Time to go out there and earn it because the Bills are going to need them on Monday Night Football. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from The League available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, professional football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through present time. So head on over to Lockdown NFL for a bonus episode of The League, or you can catch the full series wherever you get your podcast right now. Audible, get in the game. Let's talk about this Cincinnati Bengals defense that is coordinated by Lou Anarumo, uh, 56 years old, excuse me. He's in his fourth season with the Bengals, his fifth overall season as an NFL defensive coordinator. Uh, He was the Dolphins defensive backs coach from 2012 through 2017, Giants DB coach in 2018, and then the Bengals defensive coordinator starting in 2019. So uh, Lou Anarumo had some overlap with Zach Taylor in Miami, and that's how they joined forces here with the Bengals. Uh, So far in 2022, the Bengals are allowing 20.4 points per game. That's ninth best in the league, 332 yards per game. That's 13th, 106 rushing yards per game. That's seventh. 225 passing yards per game, that's 21st. They allow a third down conversion 40% of the time, that's 19th. And they allow a touchdown in the red zone 53% of the time, which is 10th in the NFL. We'll talk about their personnel here, uh, but first let me just kind of give Lou Anarumo some flowers. I've studied this defense for a number of years um, and really focused in on what they did in the postseason last year. And, of course, I've been dialed in on them all season this year. And I am very, very impressed on a weekly basis how adaptable this unit is. Not just week to week, but, like, literally sometimes half to half and series to series, this Bengals defense will look completely different. They're going to give you odd front, even front, zone, man. They mix it up as well as any team in the entire NFL. They're very, very multiple with what they do. And I give Coach Anarumo just a ton of credit for how creative he is as a coordinator and how legitimately I think that's what got him to the Super Bowl. And he's had a lot of success against Pat Mahomes. And it's what had him in position to win the Super Bowl, quite frankly, against that Rams defense or excuse me, the Rams offense last year. So I feel really confident that they're going to have a great plan against the Bills. And so it's going to be a big test for Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen to be able to counter and play the chess match here with a really outstanding defensive mind in Coach Anarumo. Let's talk about their personnel. They got good players, too, by the way. On the interior, B.J. Hill and D.J. Reader. Those guys are tanks. Big, powerful dudes that control their gap. D.J. Reader, especially, is just a phenomenal talent. One of my favorite players in the league. He's one of those guys that can take on multiple blocks. He's explosive in terms of his ability to eat up blocks and play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He plays extremely hard, just an an unrelenting player with how he pursues. I mean, he's one of those nose tackles that's legit, right? 
There's nose tackles that are just big space eaters that don't do anything. No, no, no. DJ Reader is a guy that can be that space eater and clog up lanes, but also get off blocks, make tackles, play behind the line of scrimmage, and run all over the place. He's he's a stud. Good, good football player. And B.J. Hill's really good as well. Um, but they missed D.J. Reader for a little bit of time this year, and you could sense it. Because when this guy came back, you could see this Bengals defense really elevate. I think he's he's in a lot of ways the straw that, straw that stirs the drink there with this Bengals defense. So I I know I've raved about DJ Reader, but he's he's a good player. You'll you'll know you'll see him you'll feel him because uh, you do every time you do every time you watch the Bengals you can feel DJ Reader. Uh, the backups there Zachary Taylor rookie out of uh, Florida coming off a pretty good game against the Patriots, but I think he's been pretty underwhelming all season. And then Josh Tupo, a a veteran nose tackle reserve. Um, so a lot of quality there in Hill and Reader, and then there's a drop off to the to the players that come in and give them some relief. At defensive end, when healthy, this pair of Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard is one of the best in the league. Uh, two really re, you know just high motor players that can defend the run, that can really collapse the width of the pocket. However, they're not going to have Sam Hubbard. He's injured. He's not going to be available in this game. And Trey Hendrickson is right now trying to play with a broken wrist. He played. 25 snaps, I think, against the Patriots with this broken wrist. And look, it's going to make him less effective, but they really need him. And, you know, he's just trying to play through the pain and help the team. Uh, really good player, um, but obviously he's not going to be as effective with the broken wrist. And the backups there, I think, are very underwhelming players. Camp Sample, Joseph Asai, Jeffrey Gunter. Those are just snap takers, right? Those are like third, fourth defensive ends, ideally. But now they're kind of having to play a lot more because not only is Sam Hubbard not available, you know, Trey Hendrickson was out snapped in this last game by Cam Sample and J- Joseph Asai. I think Cam Sample actually played like 53 of 56 defensive snaps for them. And I don't think that's what they want, but that's the world that they have to live in right now because they're they're just undermanned right now at defensive end, which is typically a, a position of strength for them. At linebacker, they got a couple of dudes here on the second level that I really like. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. These guys are big and athletic. They're both like 250 pounds and they can run. They can play downhill. And uh, they're very, very smart players. And so, you know, these aren't these aren't uh, little guys, right? You can see the NFL now and you see these 225-pound linebackers and they can play in space and they're springy. Now, these guys are like 250 pounds, physical, and they're pretty athletic for that size. So I'm really interested to see how this goes because uh, these these are some different cats there on the second level, you know, just just a different just a different makeup of players that you don't typically see in this modern NFL. And they play well off of each other. And, you know, for being 250 pounds, they can still play in space. So uh, they got a nice pair there on the second level. Jermaine Pratt's having a career year. And Logan Wilson last year just turned it on, and he's been a phenomenal stud uh, for a while now. At corner, this is where they got some issues. Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt are their starting outside corners. Eli Apple is a guy that, is like a cockroach. He just keeps finding ways to get on the field, but he's not very good. Um, just always starting for someone. And he's been a guy for the Bengals over the last couple of years. Um, and he's a inconsistent player, but he's, he's a starter. And then Cam Taylor Britt, a, a rookie out of Nebraska. You guys probably remember me talking him up quite a bit during the, uh, the draft conversations that we had last year uh, with Chidobia Wuzie, their number one corner being injured. Cam Taylor Britt has had to start over the last several weeks, and I think he's gotten a little bit better every single week. He's physical. um, He's aggressive. He loves football. 
But I think at the same time, you know, he's still a young developing player that you can win some one-on-one matchups. So when I look at this defense, those two corners are are something that I look at and think to myself, there's going to be some opportunities for the Bills to get some wins there, especially with, you know, what's happening right now at defensive end without Hubbard and, and Hendrickson trying to play hurt. Now, in the slot, they got an absolute stud there. Mike Hilton, this is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, super physical and aggressive, unbelievable blitzer. Uh, was with the Steelers for a while, since come over to the Bengals, and I think he's the best blitzing defensive back in the entire NFL. And, I mean, he's a dog, right? I mean, this guy just plays. This, play, this guy plays football like, like you should play it. Um, just, a, just a really good slot corner that's smart, instinctive, and um, is really physical, and he'll be a big test for, I mean, whoever they, they put him over. That I can see them putting him over Dawson Knox. I can see them playing him over, you know, Cole Beasley or whoever the Bills are going to put in the slot. I think he's, I think right now he's their best corner. At safety, they got a really nice pair. Jesse Bates, who's a, who's a really rangy player that has tremendous ball skills that if you hang one up there over the middle of the field, he's going to break on it and make a play. Um, he's playing on the franchise tag right now. He'll probably be the highest paid safety in the NFL at some point this off season. And then his running mate is Von Bell, veteran player, a hammer, a really, really good downhill player that can tackle and trigger and, um, you know, fill the alley. And, and he's a really aggressive player as well. And he's not really been known for his ball skills and he's, but he's made some plays in the ball this year. I think some of those balls have found him, but the, the ball production has absolutely upticked this year for Von Bell. So. Hey, just a really good unit. I mean, there's no way around it. They got good players at every single level, um, especially when they're at full strength. But I guess fortunately for the Bills, they're not. They don't have Sam Hubbard. They don't have a fully healthy Trey Hendrickson. They don't have Chidobe Awuzie. So, you know, you have to look at some of those opportunities and and take advantage of them uh, because this team this team is is got talent and they're they're well coached on defense. So, what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this defense? Number one is be ready for everything. Like I talked about, they're a multiple defense with coverage, with their fronts. They make great in-game adjustments. And so this is going to be the biggest test, I think, for Ken Dorsey in his career uh, with his ability to adapt, anticipate the adjustments that are coming and stay one step ahead of what Lou Anarumo has up his sleeve. And then Josh Allen has to go out and execute. So this is uh, this is going to be one of those legit, like, hey, be ready for it all because it's all coming. You need to have answers baked into your game plan. Number two is take profits in the passing game. This is not the game for J- for Josh Allen to chase throws down the field. If you go back to last year, remember the Thanksgiving game against the Saints? You remember the second game against the Patriots where Josh just kind of settled in and just kept the offense on schedule? Take those profits. Take them. I think that's what you have to do against a good defense like this is take what they're willing to give you and don't force anything. This, is, this isn't the game to do that. Stay on schedule take profits. Number three, win one-on-one on the perimeter. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis versus Cam Taylor Britt and Eli Apple needs to be a win for the Bills. So not only do they have to win and get open, Josh Allen has to get in the football, but there should be some chances to throw the football against this team. Then number four is just take care of the ball. You know, the Bills turned it over three times last week. We talked about it. The previous five games, they turned it over three times. You need to quickly make those turnover issues go away. Because this is a great football team. You're on the road. They don't need any extra advantages. So be aggressive, not conservative, to quote Ken Dorsey. But you got to take care of the ball. You can't waste possessions. You can't give them extra possessions. 
Real quick on special teams or kicker, uh, Evan McPherson, second-year player out of Florida. Um, had a really good rookie season. Hasn't been as solid this year. He missed two kicks last week against the Patriots. So far this season, he's 81% on field goals, 37 of 41 on extra points, 90%. So he's, you know, that's a little bit below average in both categories. Their punter is Drew Chrisman. Uh, he's not had a good year. 3.86 average hang time. I mean, that's terrible. Usually 4.1, 4.2 is bad. I mean, this guy's 3.86. Was UDFA last year out of Ohio State. He just got to be their punter in week 11. This is his seventh NFL game and he's highly inconsistent. Their kick returner is Travion Williams, uh, who's more of a depth running back. Uh, he just took over as the kick returner in week 11. Very little experience, not super explosive. I think he's a guy that you should be willing to test and see if you can tackle him inside the 25. And then the punt returner is really good. Trent Taylor, cerebral veteran punt returner, takes care of the ball, has been consistent across a number of seasons. Not super explosive, right? But uh, he fields the ball well. He makes good decisions. And for a guy that's not really that explosive, he does have a career average of 10 yards per punt return, which is really good. So their punt return situation is in good shape with Trent Taylor. So there you have it. That's the that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Good football team. Be a good test for the Buffalo Bills. And, um, you know, this could be the first of two meetings with these guys. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot at stake. The Bills win this game. They're in the driver's seat. They're, they're in the driver's seat right now, but they got to win the game to be that one seat. Get that by. And really set yourself up for a, a, a simplified path to get to the Super Bowl. Whereas if you don't get this one seed, we talked about at the end of the show on Monday, you really make it difficult on yourself. And it's right there in front of you. Now you got to go out on the road and beat a good football team to earn the right to be the number one seed. But we're going to find out. I think we're going to find out a lot about the Bills on Monday night. We're going to find out if Josh Allen can really elevate himself in those big moments like he has. We're going to find out if this defense can can play sound ball without Von Miller against a top-tier offense. So I'm I'm really, really interested in this. And obviously, this is the game that everybody wants to watch on this week, right? Everyone can't wait for Monday Night Football, Bills, Bengals. Everything's at stake. I mean, the Bengals, for as good as they are, there's still a path where they don't win their division. I mean, the Ravens beat them. The Ravens are 10-5. and five. Ravens are 10-5. and five. Bengals are 11-4. and four. The Ravens already beat them once this year. So if the Bills beat the Bengals next week, the Ravens and Bengals is for the AFC North and, of course, hosting a playoff game. So there's just a lot at stake for both of these teams. You like football, you're going to like what's going to happen on Monday night. So uh, hopefully this was a good introduction to the conversations that are going to come the rest of the week. Tomorrow, I'm going to chat with the guys over at Lockdown Bengals uh, for our crossover discussion and um, continue this conversation for a big-time football game on Monday night. So come on back. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.